Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. So we're about a week in a daylight saving time, and I don't know about you, but I've been on the struggle bus all week. I can't seem to get myself in or out of bed at the right time. You'd think after 36 years of this, I'd be used to it, grateful even. I mean, it's all in the name of more daylight, which is good, right? Wrong. Absolutely wrong. Savings time should not be construed to say that we are saving sunshine. Mm. Uh, We would still get the exact same amount of sunshine. It just, it's an hour later. Now, standard time, on the other hand, that's the one we just switched from. The one we've been living on for the last six months. Let Dr. James Rowley tell it, we should be observing that at all times, which is contrary to what most people might think. Our bodies are best attuned to a clock rhythm uh, that is standard time. Dr. Rowley is a professor of pulmonary and critical care and sleep medicine at Wayne State University. He's also the president-elect of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. He says that because of the way the sun cycle affects our circadian rhythm, not only will daylight saving time never feel natural to us, but switching twice a year can be pretty catastrophic. And that's not hyperbole. There's an increase in uh, heart attacks and uh, strokes in the days uh, after the change. Uh, There's an increase in motor vehicle accidents in the days after the change. Uh, There's also some evidence of immune dysfunction when you get less hours of sleep. Um, And those are the major things that we worry about from the Academy's point of view. uh, It's the heart effects and the uh, motor vehicle effects. That's that's some serious stuff. (laughs) Um, Is that stuff, does that happen like, in the first kind of few days, first few weeks, or is that something that is long-term effects on people's behavior and their health? So um, most of the uh, data is for what happens in the first few days to a week after afterwards. Okay. I I know that a lot of what you think about and and when it comes to sleep is circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to see if you could just define circadian rhythm. What is it and how should we be thinking about it? Right. Circadian means circa the day. Uh, so oh, okay. it basically means our 24 hour rhythm um, because our, you know, we have a 24 hour clock and our, our bodies are attuned to a lot of cues. The primary one being sunlight and darkness. Sunshine is the most important one. There are others, regular uh, work habits, how we eat, mm-hmm. you know, when we eat, those also help set our rhythms. And while we think of the rhythm uh, primarily as being in the brain, it turns out most cells have a rhythm. <laughs> um, there's a wow. rhythm in pretty much all the organs of the body. But it's the sunshine hitting the eyes that helps set the clock uh, throughout the day. Okay. So I want to get into some of the legal matters coming up here because this is, you know, whether or not we observe daylight saving time um, has been a conversation I heard that it first came about around in the 70s, but I'm sure it's been a conversation um, for a while longer than that. Recently, a bill was unanimously passed by the U.S. Senate. um, This was last year to make daylight saving time permanent. Um, That's the Sunshine Protection Act. So daylight saving time. So that would be our current schedule right now. It's stalled in the House of Representatives. Give me your thoughts on this bill. What do you think? 
So it has been reintroduced uh, in the Senate this year, and it actually at the moment has not gone anywhere in the Senate as well. Um, the, the American Academy of Sleep Medicine is uh, against permanent uh, daylight savings time. We, we feel strongly that our bodies are, again, best attuned to a clock rhythm uh, that is standard time. Standard time. Um, and you. so we are working with senators, congressmen, uh, to see what we can do to uh, work that way in. Uh, there, there are a lot of twos and fro's. Um, you know, the science, the biology, the medical aspects are probably in our favor because uh, mm. biology is biology. Yes. Uh, and we do best on standard time. There are obviously um, a lot of reasons to be on savings time, a lot of them related to tourism, business. As I always like to say, mm. uh, here in Michigan, you can golf to nine o'clock at night uh, in the summertime because it's light out to that long. So there's obviously a lot of people much in favor of uh, uh, keeping us on savings time. However, it, it has the opposite effects than in the winter time, which is one of the reasons why mm. we feel strongly against it. Um, okay. In the winter time, particularly in the northern half of the United States, sunshine would not occur till well after eight o'clock in the morning. And in many places, not until up to nine o'clock in the morning. And uh, that, that has detrimental effects on health, has detrimental effects on walking to school in the dark. You mentioned the 70s. Congress did try this in the 70s during one of the energy crises, because in theory, daylight savings time is supposed to save energy costs. It turns out it really doesn't. But I actually remember walking to school in the dark. I am old enough to remember this experiment. Yeah. The experiment lasted one winter. People were so against it. Congress reversed themselves in less than a year, wow. uh, maybe even a little bit more than a year. But okay. they, they reversed themselves pretty quickly. And it was because everybody did not want to walk their kids to school. And I, I lived in New York. I grew up in Queens. You walked to school in Queens, right? There was no busing. There was no. <laughs> I'm like, I know you in the motor around the motor city now. But yeah, OK. Right, so yeah. You grew up on but, the East you know, Coast. We, and that was true in, in a lot of big cities, right? You walk to school, yeah. um, especially in the 70s. And, yeah. uh, and people didn't like it. And I, I don't think people liked it uh, now either. I mean, there are parts of Michigan and other, other states in which you're on sort of the west end of the time zone. You will easily not have sunshine until nine o'clock in the morning in December. And, uh, wow. you know, that, that's not good either. No, that's hard. That's <laughs> that would be very hard. Um, Why is it hard? Tell me about the impact of, of yeah. sunlight and how it right yeah. so a couple of the cues that are important uh for sunshine on our body clock actually occur in the morning so uh it's sunshine in the morning that helps set the rhythm and that allows you to go to bed at a good time at night mm. okay and that and that's why one of the big pieces of advice for people is you should have a standard daily wake-up time. You really should not be varying it by a lot because having a standard wake-up time will get you into a good circadian rhythm. Then uh, conversely, because if you're on daylight savings time all the time, there'll be more light in the evening. And again, light in the evening actually also prevents you from falling asleep. So um, it's sort of that combination of the two that yeah. uh, we feel um, makes the biology make more sense to stay on standard time. Uh, one of the other arguments we like to make is this will be also harmful for teenagers um, a lot of teenagers are already sound asleep the first, you know, the first couple of classes of the day, not getting enough sleep at night. Yeah. Uh, now make them get up in the dark <laughs> and go to school in the dark. Yeah. They'll not have gone to bed early enough because there's still sunshine in the evening. So we just think there's a lot of social reasons and biologic reasons to stay on standard time. 
Um, you've talked about some of the the things that we commonly think, right, that aren't true, right, that that we actually are, we think we're getting more daylight um, when, we, <laughs> when we, we switch to daylight saving time, um, you know, certain misconceptions about sleep. I wonder if there's anything else that comes up that, you know, you kind of would want to set, re- set the record straight about. About sleep in general? Sleep in general, yeah, or daylight <laughs> saving time. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start with sleep in general. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think one of the things that we like to uh, get out there at the academy is that we recommend seven hours of sleep a night for adults. That is really considered a minimum. And the interesting thing for young adults, teenagers and young adults, is probably eight to 10. And uh, there's just not enough Americans getting that seven hours of sleep at night. Um, And uh, I I cannot emphasize it enough. And again, I think I'm a good example. The pandemic actually has resulted in me getting more sleep. I mean, I was one of these people who got up at 5.30 in the morning and go work out and, you know, stuff like that. And yeah. now, you know, once the pandemic hit, couldn't go work out, I, I would sleep into 6, 6.15, 6.30. I got more sleep. I felt better. Um, and uh, and now I've tried to incorporate that, um, even though we're back a little bit, obviously, more to more normal mm-hmm. at, at hospitals now. I, I, I don't get up before six now if I don't have to. Um, and trying really hard to get seven hours of sleep. So, and, and getting less than seven hours of sleep, again, is associated with a host of problems. Uh, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, uh, anxiety, depression, immune dysfunction. So um, it really is important to get uh, seven hours of sleep at night. All right. So it's only been a week <laughs> since daylight saving time went into effect. Um, a lot of us still getting acclimated. You know, you're talking about getting seven hours of sleep. You're talking about how to go to sleep. Um, I wonder if you have any tips for recalibrating um, at this moment for folks. Yeah, I, I think the most important one would be to tell you to get up and get outside in the sunshine. Uh, if, if it's sunshine <laughs> where you are in the morning, but it, because again, that sunshine in the morning will just help calibrate your circadian rhythm. Um, so very important to get up, get out as much as you can right now. Okay. Yeah. Earlier this week was national nap day. <laughs> and, um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about napping. Um, do you think that that could be a helpful tool for recalibrating as well? I'm not sure it's a helpful tool for recalibrating. Okay. Um, although it might have been helpful on Sunday <laughs> when, when yes. you were sleeping fine. <laughs> um, and, and the reason I, I, I'm saying that again is because um, right now you want to get your rhythm straight, okay, um, and, yes. and get them back to sync. I, I will say about napping, though, is that if you are someone who maybe doesn't quite get seven hours of sleep at night, but don't have insomnia, then a 15-minute nap is not the worst thing in the world for you. Okay. Now, if you're someone who has insomnia, which means someone who difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, you should not try to nap during the daytime uh, because the napping, if you do fall asleep, that's taking away the sleep that you really need to get at nighttime. Okay. But if you are a little bit sleep deprived, the occasional 15 minute nap during the daytime will not hurt, uh, might help you be more energetic for the afternoon. But in the long run, the best thing to do is to get seven hours of sleep at night. Well, you heard it from the sleep doctor. Dr. James Rowley is a professor of pulmonary and critical care and sleep medicine at Wayne State University. He's also the president-elect of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. Dr. Rowley, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. 
And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sam Deer for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Cleed and Katie O'Connell for editing the show. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you.